This is Anchor LA, a daily podcast presenting world headlines, technology news, arts and data, and daily encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California. Good day, it's Tuesday, the 17th of October, 2017. One person is missing and seven were injured after an explosion at an oil rig in a Louisiana lake just north of New Orleans. The explosion happened just after 7 p.m. on Sunday in Lake Pontchartrain off Kenner, Louisiana. Officials are still investigating the cause, though they say cleaning chemicals ignited on the surface of the oil rig platform. The offshore platform, located in an unincorporated part of Jefferson Parish and used to transfer oil from wells in the area, was still burning into late Sunday night and fire crews were working to stop any flow of oil into the rig and let the structure burn off and cool. The search for the missing man who has not yet been identified continued throughout the night and the U.S. Coast Guard used a helicopter on Monday to help with the search and look for any sign of pollution on the lake as well. A Chinese space station will crash into Earth in a matter of months and it could kill anyone who's standing beneath it. The 8.5-ton Tiangong-1, or Heavenly Palace, is a satellite now out of control and is doomed to plunge into the Earth's atmosphere, although there is no way of telling exactly where the space station was going to plunge to Earth. The station will reduce significantly in size as the Earth's atmosphere burns it up, however large chunks of metal could still fall to Earth and injure or kill anyone standing in the impact site. At this time, of course, speculation is pointless as currently there is no way to predict exactly or even remotely when or where this may occur until a few hours before it does. All we can do is pray that no one is in the path of this falling satellite. On October 17, 1989, the San Francisco Bay Area was buzzing about baseball. The Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants, both local teams, had reached the World Series. The first game of the series was scheduled to begin at 5.30 p.m. at San Francisco's Candlestick Park. But according to the History Channel, just prior to the game, with the cameras already on the field, a 7.1 magnitude earthquake centered near Loma Prieta Peak in the Santa Cruz Mountains in California struck the region from Santa Cruz to Oakland. Though the stadium withstood the shaking, much of the rest of San Francisco was not so fortunate. The city's marina district suffered great damage. Built before 1972 on an area of the city where there was no underlying bedrock, the liquefaction of the ground resulted in the collapse of many homes. Ruptured gas mains and pipes also sparked fires that burned out of control for nearly two days. Also hard hit by the quake were two area roads, the Nimitz Expressway and the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. Both roads featured double-decker construction and on each road, the upper level collapsed during the earthquake. 41 of the 67 victims of the Loma Prieta quake were motorists on the lower level of the Nimitz Expressway and were killed when the upper level of the road collapsed. Amazingly, only one person was killed on the Bay Bridge, which had been scheduled for a retrofitting the following week, and there were no cars under the section that collapsed. 
More than 10% of the homes in a neighboring Watsonville were completely demolished. The earthquake caused billions of dollars in damages and contributed in part to the deep recession that California suffered in the early 1990s. The Loma Prieta quake 28 years ago today was one of the most powerful and destructive earthquakes ever to hit a populated area of the United States. In Exodus chapter 32, we read of the infamous golden calf and the events leading up to it. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a god who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Tear off the gold rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fastened it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. And they said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Now, that's key here. Not only was this an insane display of immediately seeking something else to follow when Moses left, and a stereotypical case of worshipping an idol, but this also was an idol worship attributed to the Lord. The Israelites were worshipping the true God in a false form, transforming the glory of God into a blasphemous misrepresentation and image. It was corrupted worship, a very serious grievance against our God. In fact, many of the people died or were killed as a result of this, as we read later on in Exodus. And in a follow-up with a previous story on Anchor LA, C.S. Lewis seemed to hold a belief something like this when he incorporated views into his book, The Last Battle, Book 7 in the Chronicles of Narnia, and when he was asked what he meant by it, he said that he felt that every prayer which is sincerely made even to a false god or to a very imperfectly conceived true god is accepted by the one true god and that Christ saves many who do not think that they know him. C.S. Lewis backed up his view with, among other things, the parable of the sheep and goats in Matthew 25, when Jesus tells those who asked, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, and so on. Jesus replies that when rendering these actions of love and compassion to others, those actions were in turn rendered to himself. Now certainly we are to show compassion even for the needy who are not part of the Christian church, not fellow believers, but actually the others in this passage does refer to other believers and other brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ identifies his disciples as his brothers elsewhere in Matthew, like chapter 12. Contrary to a lot of opinions and arguments today, the story of the sheep and the goats is regarding our treatment of other believers. But it's important to note that these actions of compassion are not the key factor in salvation. What C.S. Lewis seemed not to realize is that it was not that these people didn't know God, but rather for the purpose of the parable, they asked for clarification as to how they had served Jesus if they had never literally come to the aid of him in person. When we serve the body of Christ, we serve Christ. But these actions are not what saves the individual, rather they are simply the fruit produced from a genuine faith in Christ. 
Next time we'll discuss more forms of false worship, both of the real God and false gods, and we'll talk about what true worship really is. Thanks for listening to Anchor LA on Twitter at Anchor LA Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor LA, where you can find links and information to various topics we cover on the show. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app with input or suggestions. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next time from Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor LA.